Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Rework. I'm really excited today because today begins a two-part series on one of your favorite topics, marketing. What is working now? And I'm talking to two friends. Today's guest is Jeff Dachowski. And part two, you'll have to see who that is. That's a surprise. But part one is Mr. Jeff Dachowski, former president of Professional Photographers of America and longtime portrait photographer in New Hampshire. Jeff has a big personality, an even bigger heart, and he joins us today to talk about that seemingly elusive kind of marketing, word of mouth marketing. So what does that really mean when you say word of mouth marketing? When you ask somebody like, where do you get most of your clients from? And somebody says word of mouth, that always seems like well, what do you mean? Like, how are people talking about you? Is that your mouth? Is it your client's mouth? Well, that's what we're going to talk about with Jeff. I know you're going to find some great takeaways. So join us for part one in marketing. What's working now? Word of mouth with Jeff Dachowski. Let's do it. Okay, it's been a minute, but we have Jeff Dachowski, affectionately known as Jeffy, is back in the podcast studio today. He's fresh off the board of PPA, new lease on life. How's it going up there? It's going great. I actually, I end my board service on March 1st, so it's very close. No, I just, depending on when this launches, Imaging USA is around the corner, my last board meeting, my last executive committee meeting, and there I am. I've done my nine years. Peace out all the love and kisses I can give you. I know. What a lot of service to our industry. Thank you for, you've been wonderful. Appreciate all your hard work. That's that's a lot of service. So what I wanted to talk with you today about, you and I have talked about many things on the podcast, probably more things off the podcast, but Mm -hmm. I'm doing a new series in this new year about what is working in marketing now. And I want to talk to studios who are have thriving businesses that are walking the walk and have great clientele and just talk about what is working for you in marketing now. So can you speak a little bit to that? And then I am going to take you back in time because I kind of know what you're going to say. So (laughs) give me the rundown on the Dachowski photography marketing situation now. So I'll tell you, one of the first things I would say about what's working for us is that we are true to our brand as absolutely possibly as we can be. And what that means is that we, first and foremost, I think marketing is who you are or branding is who you people say you are, right? Like you're out in the marketplace. 
And so if you're someone who doesn't do digital files, but caves every time someone says they do digital files, the marketplace will know that you do digital files. If right. You That's your brand. Like he's such a nice guy. He does. He says this, but you know, if you just kind of pressure him a little bit, he'll cave. Okay, right. And so yeah. that's part of your brand, right? So for me, part of my marketing is that overall brand. That is that we install wall art installations in your home. And so part of that is marketing, meaning that people who don't want that don't call me. And mm -hmm. I know that sounds like a crazy thing, right? But I don't really want to make the phone ring and tell a bunch of people that I'm not the right fit. I would much rather spend all that that energy I have to be a politician, if you will, kind of out in the out in the world to focus the people who are attracted to the art on the walls or the, the even the look of the photography, the lit look mm -hmm. versus a natural light look, you know, like all those things are part of that brand, which I also kind of lump into marketing. So for us, we don't have a bunch of marketing dollars that we put in. Primarily, our tried and true thing is word of mouth. We do a, a couple auctions and we have a couple ads for out in different magazines, but they, they really aren't effective for us yet. And I say yet, because hey, who knows, right? Yeah. I could up and the phone could ring and four people could call from. It's um, just a layer. It's just uh, getting yeah. your name out there. Okay, so let me back you up for just a second because I think what you said is really important and I don't want it to be a throwaway line. And that is that your brand is what other people say about you. It's not, like, we can say whatever we want. We can have plastered all over our website creative, unique, a most amazing photographer ever. And if somebody, if our clients aren't saying that or the marketplace isn't saying that, then that really is not our brand. Our brand is once people have had an experience with us, how they talk about, you know, so for you, they would be talking about, okay, that guy's hilarious. Like he's a lot, but he's so good at what he does. And, you know, his work looks like a painting. It looks cinematic. I mean, we've never looked better and we're in this setting, you know, your location work is just so beautiful. I think it's important to know that. So, but that message that they're getting starts with the message that we are telling ourselves and then also what we're putting out there, what we're putting on our website, what we're putting on our social media, that clarity of message that's so, so clear what it is we do and what it is that we don't do. Agreed. And I, I'm the first one to admit that I pour less into marketing than other people. And even to the point where like I'm redoing our website this like right around this time of year. I'm well, you know, I won't do anything till after the New Year's, but I'm certainly sure. gathering images. I want to refine that message exactly to your point that every minute, everything you do has to be like the curated ideal, right? So like I want you don't want to send out uh anything that isn't your brand. Hey, look, look, look at Dolly Parton, for instance, right? She yep. wears a wig. And rarely do we see what Dolly Parton actually looks like. And she fully admits that she told yeah. you a persona and you bought it. And she's probably actually that nice, but yeah. she is this persona and she will spend every dollar of her, every last dollar to maintain exactly what she sold you. Right. But she tells you all the time, this isn't, you don't get me, you get Dolly Parton. Right. Yeah. And you have to almost be that fanatical about the way your brand is it goes to your font choices the way you speak about your art this i can't even stress enough about if you're talking pictures and shoots mm -hmm. just well well i want to attract who i want to attract i want to talk about commissions and sessions 
and artwork. And I'm going to, I want, I have a whole list of art words, if you will, that I want to use when I can. I want to talk about the geometry of an image or the geography of an image. Like, hmm. speak about this in an eloquent manner that kind of adds the brand of that I'm an artist. I love that. But one thing that I really want to call out, call you out on that is that you're talking about words that are artistic, that are from the art world, right? And that sometimes don't necessarily enter into our industry so much because we do have a lot of photographers that are talking about pics and shoots and photos and that sort of thing. And you're using commissioned artwork and fine art and, and different words like that. But what I see sometimes is that sometimes people try to be something that they really are not at all. And so you can talk about the geometry of an image and the geography of an image, which I actually love both of those words, but you're still Jeff Duchowski in that you don't come in with like your ascot and your smoking jacket and you're like, well, hello, madame, you know, like you're not trying to be some, yeah, some fake, whatever you think of as this aspirational high end nonsense. You know, you still have a through line of Jeff and Carol Duchowski who are irrationally in love with their girls, who believe in family, who believe in love. Like, I think that's the core through line in your work and in your life. And so I just want to make that clear that sometimes when you're newer, I've had students say to me, well, what if I'm not high end? What if I'm not luxury? Like, I don't drive a, I don't live in a super fancy house. I don't drive the same cars that my clients drive how am I supposed to talk to them? So what what do you say to that? Oh, I would say you are you when you're by yourself and alone, right? And you can't, if you are lying about anything, eventually you'll get tripped up. So what that looks like is, hey, I really love that BMW. I mean, I don't drive one. I mean, eventually you'll get tripped up and you'll, you'll get it wrong because you're lying about yourself, right? And hey, let's be honest. If we're going to be honest, like, we look in the mirror and we do stuff like we lean our shoulders in so that our bellies look smaller in the mirrors. We turn our heads down. We do all this stuff because we're willing to trick and kind of lie to ourselves about how we look. The mirror is the worst indicator of how you look for the day, right? Sure. But if you are telling the truth, you don't have to keep track. Right. right? Okay. So tell you, but you're telling the truth, <laughs> but then you still want to be speaking in a way that communicates a higher level of service. So how do you stay true to who you are and well, like make, still keep it down home, I guess, and, but yet still speak in an elevated way? Is that a, a conflict in your mind? It's not for me, but it took me time. And that's so like a baby learns to speak. It's goo goo gaga, right? Like I'm right. making this up. But, and then as they, they're still them, they're exactly who they are at goo goo gaga. And as they learn diction and they learn elocution and they learn different ways to speak, they start adding more things to their life and it becomes them. So you're, to your point, if you are someone who doesn't use these words on a daily basis, it's good to start diving into what they mean and think about the definitions of them and let them become part of you. You don't go yeah. from being goo goo gaga to she sells seashells, right? Like it takes some effort to that point. And so it depends on what your brand you want to be, but you have to be you. And so even though you might not use the word, the geometry of an image, maybe you're actually talking about the shape. I mean, frequently I will I will sell square portraits by saying, well, your, your family is a beautiful triangle. And I'll say, 
because everyone most people know this reference i'll say you know the deathly hollows symbol in harry potter and they go yeah shapes look great inside of other shapes so triangles look great in squares circles look great in, in squares circles look good you know like and mm -hmm. so family is this beautiful triangle and it's like that it's like a shape inside a shape so yeah. i could use other shape geometry geography etc like i do but you don't have to say that you could just say like again like i think triangles are look awesome inside of squares and that's what we have here or right grow into it is my point like look up our words and talk about like understand primary colors and secondary colors and tertiary colors like learn about those things that you can speak about them and they become part of you that's and yeah so it can be learned and I think that's a really good point it's sometimes we think well I'm just not that so I'm not going to do that you know when I started I was like I just I don't want to deal with families I just want to do kids because I love kids and families are too hard because the moms are too self-conscious and the dads don't want to be there or whatever and it just seemed too hard but once I found a way to do families in the way that I wanted to do it the way that I saw it and actually made it fun. And there's a lot of layers there, but then I really, Oh my gosh, I would never give up families, you know, but in the beginning I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm about that. And so it, it can be going into a new genre. It could be starting to speak in a new way. If you don't have a degree in art history, there are so many great books that are compendiums of the history of art that you can just pick up for pennies at any Barnes and Noble in their remainder section. Like at the beginning, at the front of every one of those stores, they have those big coffee table books, history of art that are gold, look great. You could flip through something like that and get words and look at the influences of artists on other artists, the history of art, how portraits are painted, how artists sculpted, you know, all of those things, if you haven't had a lot of humanities in your college career, that can give you a lot of words and help you become, help you to know why you like what you like, because we all have a sense of it, right? We all have a sense of what we like. And if you don't have those words, if you don't have the art history degree, you might not know why you like it. You might not know why you like the triangle inside the square. But you just even talking about that in front of me, I'm sitting here like, well, I, I'm totally buying it. I get, yes, of course, the Deathly Hallows. Yes, the triangle in the square. Yes, that makes perfect sense. And it just sets you up as a expert. And then I can feel myself settling down and being more calm because you are explaining to me why I like this. No, exactly. And the, which is the other part of branding, right? And you just you, you brought us back to, we want people to say certain things about us. The, the reality is, is that it, whatever you tell them is likely to be parroted by them. Okay. For so if, sure. If you act like the artist, again, you don't have to be a highfalutin artist here to do this. You can grow into, I mean, you, you said you were going to bring the Wayback Machine. Hey, I know someone who owned a stamping store. A scrapbook store. <laughs> yes. And now she's one of the most prolific artists in all of the Southwest. She's amazing. I'm not going to tell you her name, but it rhymes with Schmalison. It rhymes. You look it up if you want. <laughs> but the reality is that thing, you were you then. Absolutely you were you then. And flash forward to today, you're still you now, right? But mm -hmm. now you know things and things. You've learned things about your life. You've learned things about talking to children. You all that stuff is still you. It's still become you. But now you are better at like 
de-escalation of a of a screaming child and mm -hmm. before I, I promised you weren't before and then you learned it and then you yeah so if, it, if it benefits you learn it just do a search for art words in google words yeah. that word how to describe words in art or art words and it'll probably come up with 50 words and find five of them that make sense to you and build on it i think <laughs> we could say like de-escalation of a husband would be another really good I mean, those the escalation those... of a husband freaking out over how much portraits cost. That's, yeah, a, that's a different that's a rare talent. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so being clear, clarity of our message to ourselves, to our clients. So really having in your mind at what it is that you want to do. And I think if you, like you said, the way back machine, when you go back, when you have a more established business, like we do, Sometimes it is easy to forget, you know, when somebody asks you, well, what do you do for marketing? And you say, well, we're primarily word of mouth. That is a really dissatisfying answer for somebody who's newer in their business and yeah. doesn't have a lot of clients and is like, well, okay, but what if you don't have word of mouth? How do you get that? And I remember having a conversation with Julia Woods and she says, if people would just recognize, like, once you get that, like a hundred good clients and it might take you over a period of years right but once you have kind of that solid clientele of people that get what you do love what you do then it does become a self-perpetuating business and then you can add just a few new clients a year and when she told me that like she's like i'm always just looking for like five to six well-qualified new clients a year and then just keep what i already have that was something that blew my mind because I had in my mind that I needed to constantly just be going out and having this huge machine that was just bringing in all this volume, but I don't want to do volume. I don't want to be that busy. I don't want to be running around crazy with a lot of clients. I want to do more for less people. Yeah, I agree. Well, and you're right. It, it does. I fully understand that if anyone listening to this says, oh, great. Word of mouth. Awesome. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's Click. What actionable thing can I actually learn from this, right? Because that's right. just a bunch of horse poopy, right? Like, right. See what I did? I cleaned it up. I, Thank you. Because we had to. I had to bleep Catherine Langsford. I'm gonna have to, we're gonna have to bleep not, her. A little bit, not me. I would have said yeah. something different. But horse poopy. See horse poopy. <laughs> I didn't think I'd say that today. How about that? Check little Jeff Bingo. Um, the thing is though, is that word of mouth is word of mouth, right? But it, word of mouth is also that I go back to that. It's branding. So the thing about it is that I joke that I'm a politician. When I walk into a couple restaurants in town, I am bound to see three or four clients. And I'm always happy to see them like a politician would be. I'll try my very best to remember any detail I can and mention it so that they know, not that they're so impressed with me, but they know that I know who they are. Okay. Yeah, that you're impressed with them, which is yeah. way better. They feel seen and heard. Yeah. They know that my daughter just accepted, you know, at Miami University or like little tiny things, just knowing that, right? So watching and being aware of that, that is also word of mouth, right? Because that's, it's word of your mouth. It's exactly. Uh, I walked into a- Opening your mouth. Yeah, opening your mouth. And actually, so what I'm getting at though, is that half of photographers, probably half of photographers are introverts and half are not, or maybe more than half are introverts. I don't know the stats on that. Yeah. But a lot of us are introverts. I happen to be an extrovert. So I, I recharge by spending time talking with other people. It revs me up. I feel good. My wife is an introvert. She recharges by being by herself or mm -hmm. at least not listening to me. One of the two, either one are great. 
So true story, this is just a buying discussion for a second. We bought most of our gifts this year online through Amazon, through specialty retailers. We, we did all this, right? Because we're at a point in our life, our kids are adults. They want very specific things in very specific sizes, colors, finishes. I mean, there's no more like, I think this sweater would be cute on Lauren. That doesn't fly. No. Any, right. Because it just means a trip to return it. That's all. Right. It so we get very specific things. So with that comes links, come orders, blah, blah, blah. Carol says, we haven't been out, out touching things this whole Christmas season. Let's go do some shopping. And so I said, okay. So we went to this Italian market that has a Williams Sonoma. We step in and there's the girl and I go, Jill. She goes, Jeff. I went to high school with her. We haven't done a portrait for her in 15 years. Oh. In a way, way, way back machine. And we start talking about that portraits, you know, a brother has passed away, a mother has passed away, and she's thinking, it's time we update this. So she says that, and, I, and here I am just walking into the market, and I'm pleasant. I reintroduce her to Carol, but we have a long connection, you know, a five-year connection. Because yeah. we, So will that become a session? I don't know. But I'm ready. I'm ready to use my own word of mouth to tell her about my session. Fast forward five minutes later, I'm in Williams-Sonoma. I see this young woman. I go, Tara? And she goes, Jeff. And I said, oh, my God, how are you? I haven't seen you, you know, since when it's been seven years. She's like, yeah, seven years. How did you remember that? I'm like, I didn't. It was just a guess. Her husband comes along. We chat for a bit. And I said, oh, I just I know they have a mutual friend. Sorry, this is getting to burn out there. Listen, I promise I'm getting to a point. We have a mutual friend who's a long time every year client every yeah. year comes in, spends a lot of money every year. Okay. She says, well, I haven't gotten her card yet. And I said, well, she's picking up tomorrow. I'll see her tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, I'd love to have those beautiful cards and those portraits that she gets every year. And I said, well, I normally, if it was my wife who is an introvert, she'd say, it's nice to see you. Thank you so much. Take it's nice I to see you. I'm going to be over here eating my yeah, peppermint I'm bark I'm by myself in the corner. Yeah. I just don't want to talk about me. Right. And so I immediately say, well, what's holding you back? Is it the cost of the session? Is it that you just don't get your stuff together in time to make it happen? And she says, it's the time. I said, would it be helpful if I reached out to you a couple months before this season to try to get a session on the schedule? And she and her husband said, please reach out to us. I said, okay, I have this thing. I jokingly refer to it as the nag list because I nag you. I'm going to, it's yeah. nagging you, but I'm going to put you on this. I'm going to reach out to you periodically in the next couple of years. I'm going to follow up on this conversation and remind you of how we felt right now that it's time. Your kids are growing up. It's it, it, we, There's no more time left. We need to do this. And they said, oh my God, that would be great because I'll forget about it. And when I really think yep. I want it's too late to do it. Yeah. How many people have you run into similar situations that are like, that you think, right, that you shot maybe seven years ago, 10 years ago, and, you know, we kind of have this thing like, well, they're probably just cheating on me. They went to some other photographer and they say, we love those pictures so much. We have not had our family photographed since then. It's, it, and whose fault is that? Yeah, it's my fault because I didn't call him. It's terrible. And and these and every year we go, gosh, wouldn't it have been great if we had 60 or 70,000 more in sales? You you probably could have. Like if you had just picked up the phone and right. kept connection with people, you probably would have. A funny story, a side story, what relates directly to this is that we started doing installs. I don't know, you 
probably remember 10 years ago, something like that, we started doing installs. And it was because a family had five years later, when we decided to do their install, we came up and they still had their print on the floor in our corners. They were Stop. afraid to put a nail on the wall. And that's when we said, okay, we just need to make our prices include yeah. an install for a reasonable distance, an hour or so away for everyone. There's a lot of benefits to it, but I just mean literally that changed our life of how we do it. Oh, yeah. Like that saying is when someone says, so the portrait's $24.95 and you shut up for a second and you go delivered and installed. You know, like at the end of them saying it out loud, the portrait's $24.95. Yep. Delivered and installed. Oh, wow. Like they're running through their head. That's too much. And then you've just dropped a whole bunch of value on top of that. Yeah. Well, and that's what, when you say like, how do you get the husband on board? That's how you get the husband on board. Because I've had so many men sitting in my office that are leaned forward, you know, with their hands in a steeple, like in the, in the male fetal position of like, wait, this is so much money. And they're like, wait a minute, does this include what, like it's this much for pictures. And I'm like, well, printed, framed and delivered and installed. And they, to a man, they sit back and they're like, oh, well, you know, cause they don't want to have to listen to the wife. Like I'm going to pay all this money and she's going to be running around buying frames. And then she's going to want me to hang them on the wall. Like we're going to be divorced by the end of this. And it's tough because there is a, it's, it's actually an, un, an unknown really in the sales room. The dad just doesn't know right. where this is going to end. And I'm going to tell you, his wife doesn't know where that hunting trip to Newfoundland is also going to end. You know, the trip is $7,700. The international fees are a thousand. They get the move, right. cool. Then they tip the guy a thousand dollars American, and they bring this moose over the border, and they bring him home, and it's eight hundred dollars to chop it up. I mean, like there are things. Well, that's that, if they don't taxidermy it. That's if they don't. Yeah. Then then it's another five grand. <laughs> yeah. the head. If I they mean, taxidermy the, and that's the head. But five grand's the head. Yeah. That's not the but whole body. I guarantee you. When he, his wife asked him, how much is this hunting trip? He said 7,500. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just like I guarantee when his, he asked his wife, how much are family portraits? She said 6,000. And really it's 12. Exactly. I, I love it. All the time. Oh, it's always more than you think, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I use that all the time too. Because it's true. You know, oh, and I, especially... you. I, I yeah. totally just stole it from you. I, oh, good. Well, always... I'm glad to know I've had a positive effect in your life. Only um, one. Only thing. Well, the NAG list, I think, so th that's what we call our calling program, which we got that idea from Kim Wiley. And I think it's just so many newer photographers. Maybe you've been in three, five years. You have clients, you've been photographing people. But the biggest mistake that I see is that you're constantly hunting for new. You're constantly looking for the new girlfriend and you're not paying attention to the people that have already love you, that have already voted with their dollars, that have already hired you to photograph their family. You're not thinking of, well, what else can I do for them? And what, like, what else do they need? And, oh, they have a senior that's graduating or they have a new baby that's coming or their parents are coming into town or whatever. When people show us that they love what we do and they have a good experience. We need to keep that going, not just because it's a money grab, but because that's the service that we're in. Like we should be in long-term for the rest of their life, helping them with their family memories. And that's a service they literally cannot, it's an attention to detail that you can't put a price on. Right. Well, the, the concept, I just was speaking with a, 
a photographer named Kathy Broderick, and we were talking about how we photograph some of these kids at newborn till they get married. I mean, yeah. like, in, like when you have a, tw- a long career, that's the mindset you, I believe you have to have that you are, this is not a side hustle. This is not, I'm going to make some extra money. If you want to do this well, you are generations deep. I mean, hopefully like yeah. that's because of all the investment of, of knowledge and time and all the learning, all the things to then jump out of photography after three years and then go into something else to learn all the art words and that it's just, it's hard. Like I can't do anything else. Like this is all I can do. Right. Right. Got to be able to like be focused on this. And admittedly for the last nine years, I've been less focused. So I'm I'm looking forward to 24 and, and focusing a little bit more about getting like, it's easy for me to preach about getting all your words in, but I need to do like a whole web audit and a whole online culture, make sure that I'm saying all the same thing. And so you've been just to remind our listeners that the reason you haven't, you've been a little bit distracted for the last nine years is that you've been on the board of PPA, Professional Photographers of America. And so you've been serving our industry and that has required some time. And everybody, we all have times in our life when we're more distracted. We might have a loved one that has an illness. We might have an illness. We might have a kid that's driving us crazy. Or maybe we have younger kids, you know, family that requires more. It's also why I love this business because it can be so much more flexible. And so one of the things that we were talking about before we started recording, you had mentioned that, look, we're kind of at the point where we have decided, like, we know what our income needs are, kind of where we want to be. And so we don't feel the need to continually go bang the marketing drum so much. Would you, is that fair? Like what? Yeah. So talk about that. So it is easy for me to say over 20 years into the studio that we are attracting largely who we want to attract. You know, people ask me all the time, well, don't you, how do you handle this call? And I say, well, I don't get those calls. And it's not being smarmy or being arrogant. It's that I have worked really hard to let people know exactly what we do. or And try. what you don't do. Yeah. yeah. What we do and we don't do. So I've tried. And it doesn't mean, I mean, just this week, it, 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 again, side topic, someone called me and said, I need to copy a photo. Now, we don't do copy and restoration. Yeah. People. I just needed someone to stop for two minutes and help him. And I thought, if this was my daughter who needed someone to just stop and help her, wouldn't I want someone to do that? So I did. I just... I didn't have anything going on that morning. I said, bring it by. I copied it for him. It's resorted. I printed him a couple, like, and he's on his way, happy, and it's not going to buy me a lake house. But he went on after and said, oh, my God, I got treated so well. It's clearly, when I walked around, he wrote, when I walked around his studio, this is not what he does, but he treated me so well. Like, that's part of your brand, right? So sometimes you just feel kind of like doing things out of what you don't do. But going back to it, we don't do what we don't want to do. Carol says all the time, you are the author of your own business or conversely in that line. I mean, you're the author of your own life, right? Like don't let someone else write that story. So if you want to do volume photography, I love it. Do it. Like if that, if like I could easily talk Carol into like seeing these fresh little three-year-olds for hours at a time, because it's wonderful. It's the most wonderful thing. Right. Right. But it's not what we want to do. We want to make larger portraits for people's homes and live in people's um, furniture budget, right? So so going to the marketing end of it, I would have to spend a lot of money and I'm not sure I would get the ROI to to do a direct mail or to do 
other campaigns that would really hit it. I would much rather spend time out in the market talking to people uh, or reaching out to people via email or following up on old clients and actually just asking them for referrals. Mm -hmm. I don't mean some preset, you know, I mean, the concept of when you're personally speaking with someone, hey, is there someone else who you think would benefit from this type of portraiture? Would you pass my information on to them? Would you do me a favor? That's word of mouth as well. Like with someone, I say word of mouth, it's never just waiting for someone to tell their to friend. To talk about you, yeah. It's asking someone to talk, tell their friend. It's being in control of the conversation. It's creating your own brand the best you can. It's using those art words at all points and processes. Like you said, it's reminding people that they know more about what they like than they don't know. But now they know there's words that describe it. Yeah, you're giving them the words to say. So when somebody says, wow, you went to Dachowski, I've heard he's super expensive. And then they can say, yeah, but it's delivered and installed. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. or even Jeff and Carol even came in and installed it. Or, and I got this from uh, Jamie Hayes, like he will go and met, if, if he likes to go to the house, if he can, and see where the light's falling in the room. But so if the light is falling in the room the right way, I'll mention it. I'll like I'll, I'll install and say, do you see how the light in your room falls from left to right? Well, that's how our portrait light does as well. And that's intentional so that it would look good in this room. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Now, if it doesn't fall the same way, <laughs> I don't say I could easily say, well, you see how the light comes across? It creates kind of a lighting conflict, which really draws a lot of drama to your image. I mean, like, you yeah. can say it either way, right? It just yeah. I think what it's doing, because that can easily be perceived as BS and just blowing okay. smoke, but it's really not. I, I feel like that whether it's during a session, even in a consultation or looking at the images after when we are all so distracted and so busy as humans, we're running around like chickens with their head cut off half the time. To be able to have somebody stop and highlight something to you about you and about your family and call out like, that's really special what your daughter's relationship is. It's really special how your oldest daughter and your husband have that connection. And what's showing that is how she's leaning into him, how she's got her hand on his hand right here, like notice this little toe or whatever. And then, or in their house, I can walk in your house and see to you. One of the things I definitely say to families is it's obvious to me what's important to you when I walk into your home. And just letting them, like you said, be seen. And it's not blowing smoke. It's actually because if we're doing our marketing correctly in all the ways that there are, whether you're actually doing Facebook ads or you're doing word of mouth or you're doing social media websites, whatever, you're being your truest, best self and you're drawing the truest and best people to you where you intersect. And so you all speak the same language for my clients, the language we speak is we love our kids. It's the best thing we ever did. We also want to kill them half the time. And we know they're freaking knuckleheads half the time. And that that's part of the whole circus and it's part of the fun. So I love to see the love and the connection, but I also love to see the naughty and the crazy and the things that drive me crazy. I, I want that whole package to me is what is so great about family and also about what I do. And so I will continually call that out to my clients 
in a consultation as they're talking about their family before I've ever met them during the shoot when it's happening and I'm seeing it happen. Maybe I have the parents next to me over here off to the side and I'm photographing just the kids and I'm putting the camera down and saying, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Like, look at this, look at these kids. And then the actual work itself. And then when the work actually hangs and you're saying, I love how your light is, is hanging, is, you know, shining on this. Or I love what's important to you. It's going to be obvious when somebody walks in. So it's that's all word of mouth too, right? It's the word of your mouth being the expert to that client. Yeah, I love what you said about the connection, right? Because I feel the same way. I'll, I'll say I love, I love the connection between these two. Now, and then I could be wrong. I in the moment I see this connection, but they may actually hate each other, and I, yeah. I have no problem saying. I love the connection we captured this particular moment. I can't vouch for the connection after the session, but yeah. I can this minute, they look really pleased. And so that, as a mom, must be wonderful. They're not killing each other. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, like, right. Exactly. And And all of that to me is, marketing to me is layers. It's layer upon layer of branding. It's everything you say. It's everything you do. It's everything the client touches. And so we're at our peril as business owners and photographers we, is when we're rushing people around or we're just in too much of a hurry to be efficient and get people in and out. It's like, slow that crap down and let them see each other and let them see you and make it an experience and make it a process. And then that is something worth talking about. That's where their word of mouth comes in because my clients, what they say, like I said, yours will be different. Mine is they're texting me on the way out saying, okay, the kids want to know when they can come back next time. This is the first time we've ever had a family picture where we actually had a good time. Or And then they talk about that too. Like we we showed up, we hated each other. We were on the verge of divorce. I wanted to kill every one of my kids. By the time we left, we all loved each other. Right. I love it. Well, and that's exactly the hope, isn't it? That I, I, I kind of joke, I say, okay, which one of you has cried this morning? And mom <laughs> almost always raises her yes. hand. I know. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. This is a stressful moment. One of the words I love to use is gesture. When people talk about that connection, I love when I say, I, I love the 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 gesture that's happening between daughter and dad or whatever, right? Like there are a lot of words like that that, that describe emotion or emotional connection. And again, it may sound like BS, but it's not to me now. It would be BS if I had a list of art words written out and I read, I played art word bingo with a client and just read words. But if I understand and I learn about art and I spend a little bit of time doing it, then I'm speaking about it. And I, I actually think I probably could have been an architect in my, I, a lot of photographers have that math, form, yeah. beauty connection. I, I Had I been born to a different family that valued like that sort of education, I could have, I could see myself so being an architect, so for me, it's true to me to talk about lines and form and design and shape and movement and also I'm a musician. So I like, I have no problem speaking about musical qualities, if you will, mm. of the image when I can, because that's me. May not yeah. be you. I mean, I could say, yeah. but, you know, but even so that could be, I mean, heck, I think of some of your imagery as being, being very musical. Those images when the heads are thrown back and they're dancing and they're laughing, like there's absolutely, there's a musicality to that type of photography. Yeah, for movement sure. for sure. Well, and Drake Busey has that, you know, his, that posing of kind of that musicality yeah. of like the yeah. heads not being all lined up, like kind of no having a pet. Mm-hmm. 
it's like no ton of, you know. Yeah. And so I, I think that's one of the many things that I love about what we do is also finding your own language, like your own words about how you speak about what you do. And it can be combined with art words in the art world and photography terms in the photography world. But really where it's really special, I think, is when it all of those things intersect and align. Like you said, for you, it's music and line and design and that's your own brand of how you talk about it. And then your clients, when your clients start repeating you back to you, that's how you know the message is getting through. Right. Well, I, I think you've probably seen that there's marketing, there's public relations, and there's branding, right? And and marketing is like a concept. I sell pictures, right? right. And PR is someone saying, he sells pictures, yeah. <laughs> right? And branding is saying... You know, when the client says to another client, he sells pictures, right? That like, yeah. it's kind of a funny thing like that all. You and I talk about this a lot because it's who you are when no one's looking kind of. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of character and, and but it's also branding. It's, it's who you are when you're not there to say who you are. Well, and another word that I think of when you say, you know, who you are when no one's looking is the word integrity. And so like from a moral standpoint, you know, if we want to get really esoteric in this whole thing. Is that are you in integrity in your life? You know, if you believe in honesty, you believe in not stealing from people, you know, whatever, then if somebody's not looking and you have the opportunity to steal, you're not going to steal, right? So the same thing with branding or marketing or whatever, there's a lot of things we could do. There's a lot of new, cool things, shiny marketing things at all the time, right? That you could do. But just because you can do it is in integrity for your brand. Like, is that how you want to? roll out. My daughter-in-law is a marketing manager and she used to do marketing for Ferrari in Southern California. And we've had her on the podcast once and she's awesome. And so there's been a couple of things that I've said, you know, I'm kind of thinking of doing this and this, what do you think about that? And she's like, yeah, I don't know if that's an integrity for your brand. I think that would be, that would set up a like, wait a minute, you know, is that, and the people that have really strong foundations in their business, like very successful. And by successful, I don't mean they got to count all their dollars with a cash counter. You have to weigh it. You have to weigh your money. They're not like Skylar and Walt in the mini storage with the stack of cash, but successful meaning a business that supports them, supports their life, supports their dreams. And that doesn't require them to go out and like kill everything they eat every second. Like every year they've got to get all new clients. Right. Which I want to put a pin in that because I want to talk about that in a minute. That it's that integrity. Tim Walden, I know, has told both you and I in the same breath, some of his best marketing ideas he ever had never made it off the table. Yeah. Like he left it because it didn't fit who he and Bev were, right? Like this is, yeah. th that's exactly what your point is. And I'm, it's easy to share wisdom from people we love, especially when it's not you. It even comes off as being smarter, you know? Right. Like <laughs> right. But that's what it is, you know? I have students that sometimes will say, okay, I was listening to this guy or this girl and they said, you know, you need to be aspirational and you're only using these like really highfalutin words. And, you know, and they're talking about a business model that requires like telemarketers. They're only literally seeing one, the person one time in their life. They try to upsell them for that one picture. You know, the model I'm talking about, right? I'm not saying... The, it's evil. I'm just saying I can't work like that. But but that's a hard way to work. It's a hard way to live because it and it's not impossible. I, I mean, I could name five people who do it very well in there and they 
probably make a lot more money than I do to be for being straightforward and honest about it. But the reality is, is that you have to be, you have to be hunting all the time. And the problem with that thing for me and for Carol and I is that when we bump into people in the world, many of those clients have no connection to the photographer ever again. They yeah. may see a different photographer every time. Again, I'm not knocking it because it's great, but it's not who we want to be in Williams-Sonoma when someone says, that's my photographer over there. Right. right? That's who we, that's the brand we chose to, we, we wanted to be. And it, you're exactly right. Julia is exactly right. And everyone has, not, not everyone, many people have said this, it takes far more expensive to acquire a new client. Yeah. Right? And expense doesn't mean necessarily marketing dollars. It can be mental and emotional energy. And that really is the capital. That's then, the capital is the is mental and emotional energy. You're new starting a business. You are flying high and diving low. You know, I, I talk to my coaching students and I say, hey, you know what happened last week? You know why I killed you last week? Because you had one bad thing happen and only five good things. One bad thing trumps almost any number of good things every single time. Yeah. And so like, because we are all living, like, like we are like the bulk, like the volcanic crust, we're all ready to blow up, right? <laughs> As people, we're all ready to like, someone drops like a, a soda and bam, there's a lava flow. Like we are all living right on the edge because what we do is so personal and so emotional and so freaking important right. that we own so much of that emotional energy. And if it was just as easy as writing a check to do my marketing, that would be easy. It's right. Not- and I think that's what everybody wants. That's yeah, what everybody's searching for. The holy grail of marketing, right, is that everybody just wants, what's the trick? Who do I need to pay? So that all of a sudden, all these people start coming in. And it's like, there's that doesn't exist anywhere in any form. It doesn't. I mean, there's lead generation. There's like a lot of these different things, but you still have to weed through that. Yep. You know, there, there's just nothing. It's like, um, oh, what's the term? Passive income, right? Everybody's like, there's no such thing as passive income. Yeah. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You got to do something to get something. It's just a, a, a law of nature. Okay. So I know you're busy. So I want to wrap this up. But the thing that just, that came to my mind as you were just saying that last part is knowing who you are. And so that brings us full circle back to that branding piece and and knowing what you stand for. So I call that in my world, we have our pillars, right? So Mm -hmm. my pillars of my business are, I I want to create a product that is art worthy, right? It's, It's worthy to hang on a wall. It can hang with other purchased artwork from galleries and not detract, right? So it's, it's art. I want a relationship with my clients. I want a long-term relationship with my clients. And then along with the art piece is that that is like a finished product. So I'm not selling, you know, digital files. So I want that physical piece, the art piece, the elevated piece, and then that like core long-term relationship in any kind of marketing or any kind of product or anything that violates one of those things is a no-go for me. So that makes it easy to kind of have that filter that when something new comes along, oh, we could try that. I got to put it through those things. Is it going to jeopardize my relationship? Is it going to jeopardize that it's kind of elevated and more art-like? Is it going to jeopardize the finished product angle? What would you say are your pillars for your business? 
So I, by the way, while you're doing, I typed in into my Trello board that like, I need to create a pillars document, by the way, just so you'll know, like I literally just took that note for us. It's, I mean, I'm com- coming off quickly because I had yeah. pillars for us. It's not about the spend. Okay. It's never about the spend. It's about the, the joy, right? Like the emotional transference that happens when they're holding. I love that. I'm mean, of course, yeah. I love, I love bank accounts. You know what I mean? But I also love it when. People love their work, right? Love the work that we created, that we collaborated. Mm-hmm. You're exactly right. It, if it doesn't fit the brand, it it doesn't go. Like it, it just can't, right? And this is why we are slow. We are really, we personally are slow to make changes, not pricing, or but like changing a surface in our print. Yeah. I mean, we offer three surfaces for the last 10 years because everything else seems like it, it could violate one of our pillars, which is, I guess one of our pillars is consistency. In fact, as I'm talking it through, I have really hesitated with printing photographic canvases as things move forward out of photographic canvases into inkjet-only products. And that has been one of the main rubs in our business in the last four years is that consistency. I want the canvas that they buy today to look like the canvas they bought six years ago. Yeah, right. so it can all hang on the same wall and be yeah. And there's no like shift in not in color, but shift in in and finish, yeah. varnish and all that sort of thing. So one of the pillars I would say is consistency. When you come in, it's the same look. There is not. I think another word for that is like continuity. Really, I mean, because sure, that's really what it is, right? Because consistent could mean you have to stay exactly the same. But if it was continuity, if it still told that same story and had that same quality and that same appeal, you could flip to another substrate. And as long as it could hang with those, it would still be good, right? It wouldn't put you yeah. in. Oh, no, exactly. So yeah. one of our pillars, and I, maybe in our next call, we'll talk, I'll, I'll develop my pillars. That might be a fun conversation, actually, to yeah. figure out what our pillars are. One thing I do want to add to that, though, before I know you're going to run, is at PPA, we have this document called Objectives and Priorities. And basically, it is a document with headers that tells all of staff. It's a document from the board to PPA staff saying, you are to be working on this and only this. So if staff says, we've got this fabulous idea for a new, I'm making this up, but a new product, if you will, that PPA wants to offer, if it's not on objectives and priorities, they're not working on it. They got to come to the board and say, we'd like to develop this. And we need to add as the objectives and priorities. It's not a to-do list, mind you. Okay. Right. It is an absolute looking at a snapshot of where things are in life inside your business, if you will. Take PPA out of it. Are we working on this? Have we achieved this? Have we done a great job with this? Are we is this not going well at all? And it's not you're not putting a ton of desk instructions in there. Their vision is the vision for your business. So to that idea. Our objectives and parties don't have find three new shooting styles. Right. Right. Like that's not one of our objectives and priorities. It right. could be if I had a situation where I wanted to add on associate photographers and I was trying to fill a more mm-hmm. calendar than myself and Carol. Well, that might be an objective and priorities, which might look like identify two styles of photography not currently offered. Yeah. Right. And then like research and then follow the research about cost and branding and that like that might be an objective and priority at another right. studio, right? Doing that sort of thing. Yeah. 
I, th I think that brings up another thought and that is really endemic to our community and to artists at large is that we do like, most of us are ADD with maybe a little OCD thrown on top. Did you say something? Huh? Did what? you say something? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Did you say something? I was scrolling Instagram. But we do like the shiny. We do like the new. We love to push ourselves forward. But sometimes the answer, almost always, the answer is, how do I make the little vein of gold, the little flake of gold that I discovered with that client or in that shoot, how do I make that flake into a vein? How do I make it more special? How do I dig deeper into that thing rather than, okay, I did that. Now let's go do something different. Or I did that one software. Let's do all new CRM software every single year. We can get so distracted that we never really like settle in to who we are and really explore that and make every session so special for that client and really dig deep into that client and be fully present with them and bring our full ability to them because sometimes we just are off chasing new things. And in the marketing arena, that is one area where you can really chase a lot of things where maybe you need to just quit, like go back home and think, am I, look at everything that you're putting out there. Is it clear what I do? Is it clear what I don't do? Am I being true to myself? And then who did I just love working with the last few years? And have I seen them and get the nag list? And then every time you run into somebody that you aren't hiding in the corner, that if you are an introvert, you're forcing yourself to talk to them and talk about their kids and ask about them and just be the great people that we already are and do what our clients already want us to do because they've already, they are clients and they voted for us. And so it's opening our mouth, making word of mouth, our own words into our brain, our own words to our clients, and then giving them the words to say to each other. Boom. How's that mic? Did you drop that mic? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> exactly. I mean, well, am I supposed to follow that up with anything? Because that was fantastic. Like, well, it was all your words. So I, yeah. but I thought we were going to, I thought we were going one place and I think we've just ended up in another and it's encouraging to me. I hope, I mean, I've got some, I have three pages of notes sitting here of things that I'm going to go do. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, I, I got to tell your audience too, like it, when Allison books me on the podcast, we don't have a, a topic. <laughs> we allow this to be free form because that is how life in business is, right? Like it's not just about filling out a to-do list of 10 things like that rabbit holes happen. And we talked about that actually, about how it's very easy to run down a rabbit hole and say, oh, this is where it led me. I'm going to do it for sure. Well, if it violates the pillars or doesn't add to the strength of the pillars, and you maybe you don't do it. Yeah. And so I just want you all to know that Alice may have an idea. She doesn't tell me until I step on and then we let it go where it goes. So if you liked this, you're probably a little OCD. If you didn't like this, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, it's, I, it is. A if you liked it, you probably are ADD. If you didn't yeah. like it, you're probably a little OCD. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. But Hopefully. I always love coming on, chatting with you. I took notes. I mean, I, I wasn't kidding. I added something to my to-do list to talk to Carol about because I love the, I mean, if I, you press me, I probably could have, could have come up with other pillars, but I will sure. the pillars and we'll talk about that another day. Maybe one day I'll, I'll share my objectives and priorities and so that we could 
talk about that. Like treat your business like a business and guess what? It's going to treat you like a business owner. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know so much of it is we, I, I think just in closing this up, I think where I've made my biggest mistakes in my life and my business is I am continually looking for something outside of myself, outside of, oh, it's somebody's got the secret out there and it's never out there. It's always being still and really stopping to think about, yes, I could do what Jeff and Carol do. I could do what Tim and Bev do, but it's not me, right? So we can't be anybody else. You can only ever be yourself. And that doesn't mean that you know everything. Of course, we've got to get educated and go out and get the wisdom of others. But so often we're so distracted and we're continually, we devalue what we already know. And we don't give ourselves enough credit. So we're continually looking out there for the next thing rather than looking at what we do know and what we really, how we do want to work and who we actually are. And then letting those words speak for us, for our clients. Agreed. Agreed. Awesome. I appreciate you so much. I Thank am you. definitely a parishioner of the Church of ATJ, okay? So. <laughs> yeah. The sermon is complete. <laughs> the sermon has, I know, I do tend to get a little preachy. Sorry. I no, just, I think you're just sometimes wrapping, I feel it. I just got to say amen, it. Amen, Sister Al. Like, yes. I think you're just wrapping up our call so that we can. Hallelujah. Uh, know what we're talking about at the end. Awesome. You are the best. Thank you so much for being here. It truly is my pleasure. Anytime. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.